Okay, welcome. Today I want to offer some reflections about attachment theory and boarding school, and particularly about ambivalent attachment. So um, I've often talked about avoidant attachment, that being the main type of um, attachment that we get in boarding school, but I wanted to talk about uh, ambivalent a bit today. Okay, thank you. So I've been reading the last uh, week or so this great book called uh, Almost Boys by Isabel Ross, who I'm interviewing next week on my podcast. And she is a educational psychologist. And she's talking about her experiences of boarding school and how that relates you know, to kind of educational psychology. And it's, it's really great because she brings in attachment theory into it. So I just wanted to, to talk through um, a little bit, and I've, I've got quite a few different papers. I've got uh, Nick Duffel's work, I've got Power of Attachment here, um, and I've also got some Anne Powers papers. Just wanted to read um, the definition of ambivalent attachment. So, you know, securely attached people typically grew up with plenty of love from consistently responsive caregivers. You then got the avoidant who you know haven't had enough of that secure attachment so they keep intimacy at arm's length that's avoidant and then you've got the uh, ambivalent attachment which she says people with the ambivalence adaptation deal with a lot of anxiety about having their needs met or feeling secure in being loved or lovable their parents might have shown them love but as children they never knew when their parents might get distracted and utterly pull the rug out from underneath them. Their care was unpredictable or notably intermittent. They can be hypervigilant about relational slight or any hint of abandonment, which amps up their attachment system into overdrive, anticipating the impending inevitability of abandonment that they are convinced is coming. They often feel sad, disappointed or angry before anything actually happens in their adult relationships. For ambivalence, consistency and reassurance are paramount. So I'll also read out a little bit um, from the actual chapter. So she says, um, Just as avoidant people are typically associated with some fairly challenging qualities, so some of the qualities, you know, I associate more with avoidant, but I can see I have ambivalent attachment as well. So sometimes I can be needy, um, but generally, you know, how I survived is, you know, keeping people at, it, at, at arm's length. So she says here, um, adults with ambivalent adaptations are sometimes denigrated as needy, clingy, oversensitive, controlling, high maintenance or high strung. Ambivalently detached folks really want a relationship so their attachment system is full on. They need more help to calm the overactivation, which is usually a bit easier than for the avoidance who need to lift the break against connection in order to uncover possible longing to be in relationship. So that's just um, a little bit from uh, the power of attachment. Um, and then Nick Duffel in... Uh, Trauma, Abandonment and Privilege, 
it's you know this is more from the attachment side but he says being sent away to boarding school at a young age effectively breaks the strong attachments that have nurtured a child children find themselves in an institutional world sometimes run on masculine and patriarchal lines with little feminine or maternal influence this is entirely unnatural this is an entirely unnatural rupture no psychological or developmental theory of any kind supports such practice Instead of growing through a process of natural maturation over a number of years, children are forced to grow up too quickly, to put away children's childish ways and become adults before their time. You know, I think I've heard in a lot of schools uh, from clients or with, um, you know, others that I've, I've read, it's almost, I think, a week. You get a week to, um, to learn the new rules. You get a week to learn the um the, the language of the school you have a, a week to be able to cry or to mess up and then after a week the rules come in you can be beaten you can receive all the punishments so basically rather than it being that gradual it's <clears throat> immediate and it can be shocking you know, shocking for me um so instead of having a secure base of good attachments boarding children tend to grow up emotionally and relationally detached children compensate by developing an internal refuge the strategic survival personality to which they transfer their attachment and reliance in consequence exporters exporter adults often seem to show signs of a child inside of them who has been frozen in time and never organically grown up and who tends to dominate some of dominate some of their behaviors especially in intimate relationships so that's just kind of nick and I'll move on to um, Isabel Ross's book here. So she talks about how she is um, she is ambivalent attachment. She says basically that children with an anxious ambivalent attachment style are equally anxious, but in school they are often the center of dramas with their peers. These children show off or act as the class clown and demand their teacher's time and attention. Adolescents with an ambivalent profile desperately want relationships but are sensitive to criticism and exaggerate the risk of being let down or excluded by their friends. Their need for emotional reassurance is constant, but rare, they rarely notice this need in others or reciprocate. And she just talks a little bit here about the avoidant attachment. She says an avoidant relationship style seems to be common amongst adults who boarded at traditional British prep and public schools. An avoidant personality fits well into the social norms of the British ruling class and is shaped and encouraged by the public school. Uh, since a child's relationship characteristics are formed by their earliest experiences, it's unlikely that boarding schools are entirely responsible for this avoidant profile. Even children who are sent to boarding school, um, boarding prep schools from six or seven years of age. Yeah, so that's what she talks about here, saying that, and I think that's fascinating, is, yeah, the attachment style, we arrive at the schools with an attachment style, whether it's secure, ambivalent, avoidant, or there's disorganized as well. Um, so yeah, really recommend reading this book. It's uh, it's fascinating. Um, and then the the 
the last couple of bits are a couple of papers um, I have of um, Anne Power. And she says, and she, she's quoting John Bowlby. Bowlby says that the term anxious ambivalent attachment refers to people who have a low threshold for manifesting attachment behavior. Yeah. And she goes, uh, and she goes on to say, which is precisely the kind of behavior that sets a child up to fail with both peers and teachers. Under the pressure to conform at school, most of these children will achieve some level of control over their emotionality. Though adults may be pleased with the apparent progress they are making, this is not a healthy regulation of the self, but the adoption of a pseudo-avoidant pattern. Yeah. And she goes on, this is another paper, this is um, a paper, I don't remember what year this was from. 2007, called The Impact of Boarding School on Attachment in Young Children. She says, children in this group of ambivalent children are likely to be the most visible in their rage and grief at the abandonment. These children will not hide their feelings and may literally cling to their parents or to the car as their, um, what do you call it, the uh, IWM, the internal working model, tells them to keep hold of their caregiver. Holidays may be overclouded and relationships distorted as they try to maneuver against the awful day when the axe will fall again. This pattern makes it particularly difficult to integrate with other children. So much energy is spent in grief and trying to alert the attachment figure to the need for care. My experience of clients who belong to this group suggests that they may be particularly hurt by the boarding experience to the daily misery of longing for home and hoping even after years to change their parents mind they there may be guilt at not enjoying the experience for which parents have paid heavily educational outcome is likely to be most compromised in these children who are literally preoccupied with their attachment needs and the attempt to have them met they may succeed in beguiling a teacher for a special relationship, but the cost of this is to be known and despised as teacher's pet and to pay heavily for the brief periods of soothing with a special teacher. So, yeah, just some, some ideas there. I think for me, in my own experience of uh, boarding school, working with others, you know, these are just my figures. I would say 85%, 80% of people are avoidant that I've worked with about 10% are um, ambivalent and then about 5% are the crushed which are the disorganized um, you know so you know some of us arrive as secure but as um, as she talks in here um, she says here I hypothesize that the ratio of secure to insecure children in this group is already below the average. Even prior to the damage that boarding will inflict on attachment patterns, because I believe that most parents who have themselves had the security that enable them to raise a secure child would not willingly agree to send their child away at seven or eight. Although a key characteristic of a secure attachment is resilience, I speculate that in this particular experience of being deliberately distanced from one's parents, 
the impact for young secure children could be particularly disrupting. The hypothesis is supported by Chavarian, though she points out that those who had a secure early attachment uh, may be more able to use therapy later in life. These secure children will be desperate to retain a belief in their loving parent and may resort to Fairburn's 1952 moral defence. The only way the child can see the parents as good is to see the self as bad. So I sometimes see this with um, people who argue in favour of boarding school saying, oh, it's because they had a difficult life before they arrived at boarding school. But what she's arguing here is that if you were securely attached, actually you're going to see yourself as bad. So, you know, um, yeah, it's just fascinating to read this. So this is just some reflections, quite a lot of information today. Um, like I said, I've got um, Isabel Ross, I'm speaking to her next Monday. I spoke to um, Dr. Mark Stebe, uh, who wrote the book um, Home at Last, which is a you know, beautiful book. And we had a lovely discussion that will go live on Friday. The, the film is, you know, taking momentum. Um, we've got the retreat coming up in a couple of weeks that we're going to be filming. And yeah, uh, everything is, uh, is taking off. So thank you again for your support. And yeah, I look forward to, to speaking soon. And, and please do, you know, comment. Does, is this relevant? Maybe you were at school and you saw some ambivalent attachment. You know, I... I'm drawn to as I, I listen to to these read this is so many comedians wondering if they were ambivalently attached and you know their way was to become the joker you know so I don't know but I'm just intrigued by that um, so yeah any questions please do let me know